1: Content warning. Check the show notes for more information. It's April 6th, 1889, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali, The Retrospectors.
0: You press the button, we do the rest. So ran the slogan of the first Kodak handheld camera, which had been released the previous year, 1888. However, early customers were not always happy with the fragile, poor quality paper that the film was printed on. And that was all about to change because on this day, George Eastman filed a patent for the first ever celluloid roll film, forever changing not just photography, but also kind of inventing the movie industry.
2: And the patent reads, Be it known that I, George Eastman of Rochester in the county of Monroe in the state of New York, have invented certain new and useful improvements in machines for forming flexible photographic films. And it really made me think, like, there are so many important patents that are really just iterations rather than radical new inventions, but go on to make people, you know, the equivalent of a multi-billionaire for their age.
1: Yes, the story of Kodak in particular is a series of incremental improvements from the day when Eastman had the idea of developing gelatin at home to improve the way that dry plates work in photography. And if you take each incremental stage, as many photography blogs on the internet do, and I've been balls deep in them for the last week <laughs> you can get a little bit um, you got sort of too over- into this on <laughs> <laughs> you can get a little bit overwhelmed by exactly what's happening here and why it's important and what is the significant moment but actually yes. the significant moment to use a photography term is if you zoom out you see that before George Eastman came along if you wanted to take a photo on holiday you had to travel with an item the camera the size of a microwave oven you had to bring with you a blackout tent and tanks of chemicals for developing you know GoPro it ain't And then after Eastman, it really was a case of... what was the slogan again?
0: You press the button, we do the rest.
1: There we go. It was that, yeah. It's,
0: and I mean, that sounds like a glib slogan, but actually they were not kidding. They did do the rest. You know, <laughs> the original cameras that went on sale in 1888, they came preloaded with film. I think there were about 100 slides of film in there. And the whole contraption then had to be sent to the Kodak factory, where they would remove the film, develop all your photos, and then return the camera, which had now been reloaded with new film, it would all be sent back to you. So, I mean, that wasn't just a slogan. They were actually doing a lot in this process.
2: The first camera was shaped as a parallelepiped, which I really just wanted to get in, (laughs) just so that I could say Uh, (laughs) parallelepiped. But that is apparently a 3D shape whose faces are all parallelograms. So it's basically kind of a cube that's been pushed over. But so much else about it, apart from the fact that it was this weird shape, is recognisable to us. It had this fixed focus lens and a a thing that acted as a sort of viewfinder, even though it wasn't a, a viewfinder. And then it had a rotating key at the top to advance the film and a pull string to set the shutter and a button on the side to release it. So lots of stuff about it was then the building blocks for what became the analogue cameras that we would have been familiar with if you did ever use a film camera. And that has given birth to then the digital camera, though in a sort of tortured way that didn't necessarily benefit Kodak.
1: But it did give birth directly to the disposable camera, didn't it? Basically a disposable camera, except they send it back to you, which actually True. is a disposable camera that most of us would prefer to use these days. That's isn't it?
2: eco-friendly, yeah. <laughs> I,
1: mean, I sort of always assumed that that idea must have come- Come about in like the late 70s or something from Fujifilm. But the, you know, the whole concept, the, the the apparatus is a disposable camera, but a hundred years earlier, just you know, bigger.
2: The other bit of the ad that I found interesting was that it said it's convenient to carry as an ordinary field glass. And I was like, What's a field glass? Apparently that's binoculars.
0: It's an interesting comparison, isn't it though? Because it's an item that the average person might have carried on a hike. The idea being that Before you had a pocket camera, the closest you could have was a device which you could use to look at the view. And then once you put the device away, the view was gone forever.
2: Yeah. Go, ooh, I'd like to have been able to (laughs)
0: look
1: at that again. (laughs) It is extraordinary marketing. And the price point was absolutely right as well. I mean, he could have charged whatever he wanted, but you got 100 shots for $10. That's such a simple message that, you know, 140 years later or whatever we are, it still resonates, doesn't it? Like, that's... I mean, I guess that's like 50 quid now. But when you think what people pay for an iPhone contract, that's what you pay, isn't it? £50 a month for something that revolutionary. Take a photo, keep it with you, 100 a month.
2: Brilliant. Apparently he'd been inspired by the razor and blades business model where you sell the apparatus itself, the the razor, for a comparatively low price and then you hoik up the, the margin on the other bits. So in his case, particularly, you know, the, the blades are the equivalent of the film and the chemicals and the paper. And so, you know, you continue to sting people once they're in your you'd now call it an ecosystem, wouldn't you?
0: Eastman perfected the formula with the Brownie camera that was first released in 1900. There were various models you could buy, but the basic one was made of cardboard, and it was obviously then incredibly cheap, and it was really what put cameras basically in everyone's pocket. But it's,
1: it's almost that sort of Steve Jobs thing, isn't it, of understanding what the public want, and like knowing that you can't underestimate the public's <laughs> inability to operate technology. Like, keep it simple. That's basically it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, I think even he wrote a lot of the early advertising himself, and he came up with the name Kodak, too. and I think that even really yeah, isn't that really ahead of its time? I feel like at this period in time, businesses were called the George Eastman. Photo Camera Company, Inc. And he just liked the sound of the letter K and he thought Kodak sounded snappy. And I mean, that name has really stood the test of time, right?
2: He particularly also liked the letter K because he said it seems a strong, incisive sort of letter.
1: Well, I wonder if he was dyslexic or something because the whole identity of the brand came to him as well at the same time. The yellow which again, like around the world still even in the age of digital photography, millions of people know the word Kodak and know that yellow logo
0: His vision was so ahead of its time as well you know, from this vantage point, if you can imagine the amount of foresight you would have to have in an era where photography meant something that the average person might do once or twice in their lifetime and it meant going into a room with a man with a massive camera on a tripod to a future where you might just be going out somewhere with the family and you put your camera in your pocket to take snaps while you're out there, like that is such a huge transformation and Mm. he had that in his head that that was going to happen.
2: Well, the other astonishing thing that his inventions gave way to was that roll film was the basis of motion picture film stock, which uh, came about in 1888. And in 1889, he offered the first film stock. And by 1896, he became the world's leading supplier of film stock internationally. So it really was this other sideline business that took off for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, particularly celluloid, because what had been missing was roll film. And that's opposed to, obviously, before you'd have a single plate that you'd put in your drink j- a gigantic square camera and each photo would be a plate. But what was needed to make motion pictures were these long spools of some kind of tough material where the paper stuff wouldn't do the job. And so it was the invention of this celluloid film which enabled Thomas Edison to make the first kinetoscope, which was the forerunner of the modern motion picture camera. And once again, Eastman showed this foresight. I mean, before he filed this patent in April, as early as February, he presented samples of this new rollable celluloid film to the board of directors, where it generated great enthusiasm. And in March, he wrote to a friend the new film is the slickest product that we ever tried to make and its method of manufacture will eliminate all of the defects hitherto experienced in film manufacture. If we can fully control it I would not trade it for the telephone. there's actually probably a reason that Eastman says if we can control it which was that there was a bit of a pattern battle over this due to the fact that Eastman did not invent celluloid film himself. It had actually been invented two years before this by a guy called Hannibal Goodwin who was a clergyman from New Jersey and an amateur photographer. He filed the first application for celluloid rollable film the problem was he was self-taught and his patent was really difficult to understand and it ended up sort of lingering in limbo and in the meantime Eastman and a Kodak chemist called Henry Reichenbach filed their own patents that were successful and this ended up being contested for 11 years Goodwin was eventually granted a patent when he died and after another 11 years in 1902 they won five million dollars in fairness like Goodwin did at it
1: But it comes back down to that marketing now, doesn't it? You know, when you say, oh, he was self-taught. I mean, Eastman was self-taught. Eastman was making his first dry plates in his mother's kitchen. He just understood how to market it to people. And sometimes that's the edge, isn't it? That's the the self-promotional bit is the bit that's missing, particularly from scientists when they discover something that can make all the difference. He's also perhaps one of the most famous kind of big-league American entrepreneurs to have committed suicide. He got lumbar spinal stenosis a narrowing of the spinal canal couldn't stand, uh, and killed himself, and his death certificate reads suicide by shooting self in heart with a revolver while temporarily insane.
2: Yeah, and his last words that were reported all around the world were from the note that he left, which read, to my friends, my work is done, why wait?
0: And it's ironic, really, because this was obviously, from Eastman's perspective, he'd had enormous success, but Kodak would still go on. I mean, it hadn't reached the peak of its powers yet.
2: I
1: think we should, though address the elephant in the room <laughs> for Kodak as a business which was their misstep <laughs> I think it's fair to say around digital photography. Yeah. You might just be thinking if you've got a casual awareness of this like oh it's a shame you know they invented film but they just didn't see the digital revolution coming. No they saw the digital revolution coming and invented the world's first digital camera yeah. in 1975 and then decided corporately not to tell anyone about it because it <laughs> might kill their business. Oops.
0: Did you see the pictures of it? It stored <laughs> images on a cassette tape it actually looks like a cassette tape. I think the crucial part is, given that Kodak could put a camera in everybody's pocket, was that it weighed 3.6 kilos.
1: <laughs> well, it was the first one, but it was the first one 20 years before everyone else.
0: You're going to need celluloid pockets if you're going to carry that around.
1: Next week. The Retrospectors will return on April 11th. Happy holidays. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors subscribe now on apple podcast head over to hulu this march where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long catch the acclaimed movie all of us strangers starring paul muscal and andrew scott stream the new hulu original limited series we were the lucky ones with joey king and logan lerman and don't forget about gray's anatomy every gray's episode ever is now streaming on hulu so, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
0: Podcasts. Part of the Acast Creator Network.